Nah, hello to you, Adelaide. Great to have your company once again. The Dead Set Legends ready to rock and roll for the next three hours here until 12pm today. Former skipper of the Redbacks and uh, represented Australia in three forms of cricket. Cal Ferguson, hello, mate. Tomo, great to be here. It's an exciting time in sport. There's so much going on, whether it be here or America at the moment. That's We're it. all up and about, and it's another great day for Dead Set Legends on oh, a Saturday. Beautiful. The sun's just uh, poking its head through as I look down the line there and up in uh, the Gold Coast. Tommy Rockliffe, the former skipper of the Brisbane Lions. Hello, brother. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, South Australia. And I just looked down the down the screen, and Tomo's got the button up on. Yes. Where are we oh, off to really today? Sharp. Uh, long lunch today. Long, long lunch. lunch. Yes. Oh, oh, sensational. Oh, looking forward to this. He's had, he's had the ears lowered too. He's yeah. just had a bit of a trim over the last few days. He's looking fresh, <laughs> Rock. Ready to rock and roll. Uh, rock, we're heading down the coast today, mid coast up the uh, the Victory Hotel up at Selix. Oh, we got sorry the about it. the mother-in-law's fiftieth today, so. So we'll slam a couple back. Don't worry about that. Award-winning joint out there. Very good. Yes. But before we do that, we've got a massive show. Now, coming up next, got to talk about it. And it it hit us straight between the eyes a couple of days ago, boys. He's one of us, Travi Head. Uh, He's a member of the Dead Set Legends family and was left out of the test. So I'm looking forward to your thoughts, both your thoughts on that, because I know he's very close to all three of us. Yeah, absolutely filthy about this one. Uh, I've been trying to get my head around it. I know both of you guys have as well. Trying to get your head around what could the the possible thinking be behind it, and and how do you justify it? And I, I'm really struggling. I'm, I'm head scratching. Um, you know, I could understand if it was if it was another right hander maybe coming in, but he's the fourth ranked Test batter in the world. I mean, mm. fair income. If you're ever going to give him a crack over in Indian conditions, it's right now when he's flying. Yep, 100%. confidence is up. Um, you know, seriously, how do you leave a guy out that's in that sort of nick? It's really disappointing. It's going to be good to get a uh, an ex-selector's thoughts on this as well, Rocky. Murph Hughes is going to join us after 10.30. Yeah, it'll be good. It just reeks to me of people having too much time, coaches, overthinkers, and overanalyze stuff. They're sitting there. They've got too much time on their hands. Just pick the best team available in form. I think Travis has earned the right to, to go out there and prove himself. Never played in India. We'll get to that, but... I mean, we've got a massive show lined up as well. We'll drop some more mail that uh, Andrew Jarman will yes. probably steal and run with during the week. <laughs> yeah. Use it as Jars' as mail. He's we've fine. now he... worked out, haven't we, Rock, that his his source is actually Dead Set Legends <laughs> on a Saturday morning, 9 <laughs> he, to 12. Yeah, and then he, he picks he, it up at 4 o'clock Monday. <laughs> he's, he's been getting mail wrong for 15, 20 years in his job, and now he's starting to get it right, and we've worked out why. <laughs> We'll get to that before 10 o'clock. <laughs> and also, Bruce McAvaney. Oh, oh, how yeah. good is this? AFL Life membership. We're going through our favourite Bruce moments. And join the conversation. 04885-1047. Dead Set Legends. Nine minutes past nine o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. It's the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom are here until a midday today. We're celebrating Bruce McAvaney all morning. Oh, Life yes. membership of the AFL, which is absolutely incredible. So we're after your favourite Bruce moments on 04885-1047. Hit us up. And you cannot beat this one, Fergus, no. for me. Darren Jarman kicks his fifth. Uh-huh. 1997, GF. Jarman again, round the body. That'll do. Oh! Shivers, shivers on the back of the neck. Shivers on the back of I'll the neck. I'll have that up on YouTube by the end of the day. Don't worry about uh, that. So we'll do that all morning. But right now, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room over the past couple of days, not just here in the state, uh, Fergus, but here in the, the whole country about Travis Head. Yeah, look, I, this, this news that flew onto our desk leading into the first test was just nothing short of bewildering, really. I, I felt like... If you were ever going to give a player with this sort of talent mm-hmm. 
an opportunity in India to play their first test on Indian soil, now would be the time. The, the guy has plundered runs for fun throughout the Australian summer. Couldn't be in better form in the Red Bull format. I'm just absolutely staggered that they would have even considered leaving him out. The only reason I thought they might leave him out was to bring in an extra right-hander, but there were there wasn't anyone ready to go for that. It was really Hanscom or Renshaw that might come in for him. They've, they've ended up picking both of them mm. instead of Travis, which absolutely blows me away. We have sacked the fourth-ranked player in international <laughs> cricket with the bat in hand. Fourth-ranked <laughs> batter in the world. I mean, show me an industry in which that could p- potentially be the case. Mm. You're the fourth best in the world at what you do, and you've been left out of the team. So you relate it to footy there, Rocky. It's like leaving you know, someone out of the, the, the Coleman medal that's sitting fourth, and you don't play them up front you know, for, for Port Adelaide in front of 50,000 at Adelaide Oval. It's effectively, you've got a tall forward who's fourth in the Coleman medal, and you say... It's, it's raining today. We're going to leave you out. Yeah. That's what it is. That's effectively <laughs> no, what it is. They've, they've made a decision based on the conditions at hand, which, uh, okay, he, he hasn't got the best record in Asia. We understand that. He's never played test cricket in India, though. That's so right. I think he, he's earned the right to, to go out there and perform. And, and people say that he's record outside of Australia. But when you consider that they consider New Zealand and Australia to be Oceania, the conditions are so different from New Zealand to yep. Australia. Mm-hmm. So India is different again to what he's experienced mm-hmm. in the past. He, he, I think he can take the game away. And, and we spoke a little bit off air before. If, if he comes out and, and smacks a quick 60, and, and I think the, the aggressors in this game have shown to be most comfortable on this wicket, he comes out and swings and makes a quick fire 60, say. Like, this is hypothetical, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Australia get 220, 230. Yep. They're in this game. Yep. They're no, gone 100%. now. They're gone. They cannot win this game. And, and it's on, on the back of people sitting around, coaches um, overanalyzing the whole thing and going, uh, they ended up trying to be too smart instead of just making the, the simple call, which was right in front of them. Play Travis Head, give him the opportunity. He's 29 years old. People say he's a young up and coming. He's 29. That's right. Yep. It, he's I in think the window. On rock. When you've got some really intelligent and and high, you know, they, these guys that are sitting in that staff um, with Cricket Australia around that team are wonderfully intelligent. They're great cricketers. They great cricket brains while they're playing. But every now and then, when you've got guys like that that are such you know, so comfortable thinking outside the box and coming up with different ideas to try and gain a competitive advantage. Sometimes the worry can be that you can miss the really obvious selection or the really obvious idea. And unfortunately, it feels like to me that you're right on the money. They've they've missed the obvious one, which was play Travis. Ricky Ponting had some real struggles playing in Asia in his early years when he when he was first experiencing it over there. But what Ricky Ponting was, was a really... Smart and savvy problem solver. Steve Smith, a bit the same. It didn't take Steve as long. It took Ricky a bit longer. I think Travis is a bit like that. And he's had the opportunity now to experience Asia playing in Pakistan, playing in dry conditions in the UAE. He's had the opportunity to learn some lessons. He was primed for this tour, 100%. I think. Absolutely primed. His confidence couldn't, be, couldn't have been higher. His bat was looking as wide as a barn door. Mm. And they've left him out. The guy that could take the game away from India in a session, they've left him out. So this is the thing for me. What more could, have he, could he have done? Okay, so if, like, what more? There, there's nothing more. He no. goes runner-up in the AB medal. Yep. He should be man of the series here on home deck. He was he, player of the summer. That's right. Australia, so I makes, believe across both series. So on the, 
on a deck that is pretty similar to something over in India up at the Gabba, where it was all over in two days, he carves out 90 when no one could pick the bloody thing up. Well, this is the thing, Tomo. He has proved to be a guy that will win you a game in tough conditions when everyone else is struggling. He's had a history of it with the Redbacks on his way through in his, de- develop- in his developing years. He's then proved to be the same when he's come to international cricket across one day, cricket or test cricket, he scores runs when others don't. And that's what you need when you go to India, guys that can problem solve. And they've left him out. And it's it makes us here in Australia, in particular, the people back over here on home soil, filthy. And it's got around the country. It is. We've got some audio of, of another Triple M um, rush hour specialist yep. up in Sydney who had some pretty strong views on this. This is Gas Wall on yesterday. Let's hope that we're proven wrong in the end, but so far we haven't. It was probably the worst decision the selectors have made in a decade. Mm. A bloke who's in total form, last couple of years, the best player we've had in our team. It was a disgrace to make that, especially when you haven't got Bradman to fill in if, if head moves out. So I know you can't <laughs> no, that's say right, it, Cal, Gus. because you're a South Australian, you, you love him, people would yeah. just say you're biased, but that was a really, really poor call. Does this hold him back for a couple of years, Rock? Well, it knocks his confidence, and... Um, we spoke about it before. I think Bluey was talking about it during the week that he um, he was going over there with confidence. He was so confident in his game. He could go out there and swing and he's going to take the take the game on. Now I'm not sure what happens. And the other thing is he bowls good spin as well That's right. on a deck. So. Well, no, he's proven to be a wicket taker as well. And you need guys that are able to bowl as well over there batting in your top six. He was the perfect candidate for that. And I, look, this is – I think Gus Wallman hit the nail on the head yep. how – a lot of Australians are feeling, not just here in, in South Australia, but across the country. Yep, 100%. Dead Set Legends, 104.7, Triple M. Our favourite Bruce moments next. And when were you dropped? We're going to do that after oh, yeah. 9.30 today. Merv Hughes joins us after 10.30. It's a huge show. Dead Set Legends. How good. The Peppers dominating Australia at the moment. Playing Perth tomorrow night, if you don't mind. 104.7 Triple M. This is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. And one of our own, South Australia's own, Bruce McAvaney, has been inducted into the, oh, well, as AFL Life membership. He was on the rush hour throughout the week. A brilliant chat as well. So make sure you search that on the listener app, L-I-S-T. And uh, so what we want to do right now, boys, is talk about our favourite Bruce moments, which I'm looking forward to this. And uh, well, the 1997 grand final for me, um, just an incredible last uh, quarter when the the Crows ran over the top of the St Kilda Footy Club and when Jarman kicked his fifth. Jarman again, round the body, that'll do. It's just so spine tingling. I was saying before, I've got no doubt that I will have that on YouTube by the end of the day. And I'll probably watch it seven or eight times. It literally sends shivers down your spine. It was such a moment for South Australian footy. Um, And look, one of my favourites was the Sydney Olympics. I I think take us back to Sydney 2000. The winner is Sydney. Uh, Just... The moment was just perfect, I thought. Kathy Freeman, she was she was the majority of young athletes' idols, I think you'd have to say. Um, Bruce called it perfectly. Here it is. 50 to go. Kavala and Melia right up. It's going to be a big finish. Into the slate, Graham leads. Freeman runs up to her. Mary inside. Kathy lifting. Goes up to Graham. Takes the lead. Looks a winner. Draws away from Graham and Mary. This is a famous victory. A magnificent performance. What a legend. What a champion. 
With so much expectation around Kathy Freeman coming in, she lit the flame oh. in the stadium before the start of the tour, uh, before the start of the event. Uh, look to to then have the ability to go out and put in that performance. I think there was a bit of expectation probably um, from Bruce mm. on himself to get the call right and to nail it so perfectly. He's got a history of it, Rock. Yeah, he, cer- he certainly does. He um, the, the thing that I love about Bruce is his knowledge of all sports. Yep. He can do anything and his memory is outstanding. He puts in the time. That's why his memory is so good because he researches it and goes after it. This is one of my favourite Bruce moments. There's so many, but half to- time of an AFL game, <laughs> Hamish, Hamish McLaughlin... <laughs> Puts it on him to call the horse race and plays it in front of him and he nails it. People have said, can you get Bruce to call the last furlong or two of the great man, of Winks, of the Queen Elizabeth? Can you do that? Roll it. Roll it. (laughs) Which one is she? Galo shot going well on the turn. Bowman out wide on Winks. Where's Happy Clapper? He's back on the field and Humidor into the slate. Galo shot the length of the half in front. Winks about to let down. Happy Clapper getting up on the fence. Bowman says go. Winks goes up to Galo shot. Happy Clapper can't get through. Winks takes the lead. 25 she's looking at. Draws the length of the half in front of Galo shot and Happy Clapper. And she's the greatest, the best we've ever seen. Have a look at this. What a princess. No, she's a She's winks. How's the memory on him? And you're right with the all sports. We've just wedged uh, athletics, footy, and horse racing, and we didn't do that on purpose. He's no. just got such a range rock. He certainly does. Like, he would have to be the best commentator, I think, in the world almost. Yep. Like, yep. He, array of sports, a lot of, a lot of commentators specialise in one. Mm. His knowledge across the board of, of all Australian sports, and I'm sure it'd be the same with international sports, but to be able to pick that up and nail it. Not many can do that. Can I leave you with one? And this one, uh, you found this, Virgos, and we were just playing it a little bit off air. Now, it's not a famous goal or anything like that, but it's just the the commentary is unbelievable. So Stewie Maxwell bangs one home from about 45 metres out when he was playing for the Tigers. Bond comes in, does it magnificently. Elliot couldn't control it. Dundas' little gift to Bond. Here's a go. Bond to Maxfield. Go and kick the goal, Stewie. Straighten it up. Bang it home. It's a beauty. They're in front of I love it. And you can get us on the text line as well with your favourite Bruce moments. 04 triple five, <laughs> oh four seven. Go again. <laughs> triple M. <laughs> triple M. 104.7 on the dial. And we're also on listener, L-I-S-T-N-R. Stream us for free there. Absolutely beautiful. Merv Hughes joins the show in about an hour's time. I'm looking forward to that. And it's the uh, the elephant in the room. We've already spoken about it this morning, but we're asking the question on one triple three five three. When were you dropped? What the hell happened? Was it for a big prelim or a big final or, you know, was it a couple of years ago or, you know, seriously, we need, we need some people to vent on one triple three, five, three, Fergus. I'm great. You made that point at the start there, Tom. You go, Tom. Yeah, well, he made the point about being dropped for a big final, a prelim or something like that, where a young kid was dropped for him to come back on one leg for the final series last year. <laughs> it had to be said. It had to be raised, Robbie. It just wedges that in from go. He's dropped two bombs this morning. We've been on air for half an hour. It doesn't take him long, Tom. I let me give you the hot tip. Uh, and honestly, I mean, there was a bit of chat that wasn't there around the club from what we're hearing. Oh, oh this poor kid at Meadows. He hasn't returned to the club, and uh, I don't think he, I don't think he will.
I wonder if the uh, the water boy was down there at the time. <laughs> the Williston just, water boy. Yeah, I wonder if he'd made his way down there. He <laughs> might have been the source of those whispers. Um, well, anyway, we had your infamous sort of dropping and wasn't the one for the Port Adelaide Football Club, but even bigger, the Grange Dolphins. Yeah, no, there's been a couple for Rock. The big fella's had a tough time at the last uh, two or three years. Have we got some audio? Yeah, Darcy Byrne-Jones actually hopped on, hopped on the show. Yeah, he's sounding absolutely great. BBJ, Rocky, how are you? Oh, I love it. <laughs> It's pretty simple, Ferg. Right. Mate, he's noodling 10 off 20, dropping catches. Oh, no. Oh, no. Bowling pies. Oh, no. Eating all the pies. <laughs> he sounds fresh as a daisy, and that's uh, that that's was a big... brutal axing. No, Rocky, that oh, must have cut deep. It, it certainly did. Played and every game for the year until the it's, finals. It's funny that you've brought that up there, Fergus, because right. the old one test wonder at yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, in for one and out no, for the rest. Fair. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it took so took fifteen brutal... years to get a crack, and then see you, mate. That's brutal. First that... from the boundary. Well done. <laughs> isn't that? Isn't that? See you, buddy. Luckily, we don't have any audio of that. There is. Play it for you, buddy. There is some great. Great visuals if someone wants to jump on YouTube oh, yeah. there because the spike just slipped and <laughs> up the other end of the oh, run out, oh, Fergus. It wasn't good. <laughs> it was the longest run out that I've ever experienced. Now, just getting serious for, for a second here, did you know when you obviously, you know, were run out then that would be your last test or you thought 100% I'll get another crack here? I was, I thought that you would get another crack. And particularly, I think everyone within sport would suggest if you've, if you've been selected on merit, then, um, you know, generally you get more than one game. And uh, I'd been selected as um, a player that hadn't been replacing anyone that was injured. I was there because they saw me as in the best 11. Um, And, yeah, it was really disappointing for the selectors to then after one test suggests that I wasn't so I, and and not get another opportunity that that's something that still you know still, it still grates at me a bit yep. but um mainly because I just always thought that that just wasn't what you did with selection it wasn't the way to go about it you, you sh- give guys an opportunity you should have gone and played for new south wales mate you would have played probably 50 or 50 <laughs> yeah. or 60 test well, matches yeah well had submitted that to us last <laughs> we week had didn't Brad he? Had him. yeah but but speaking of brutal axing you think you cast your mind back across the competition shame over the years sorry shame Warne yes. in, yes. in the west indies he was he was That's brutally right. dropped Stuart him. McGill mm. and uh, Steve Waugh dropped him didn't he yeah they weren't really on speaking terms yeah. uh, at all post that moment so that was a really brutal one yeah. and one that Warney really wasn't happy about. No, 100%. So, and this is what we want to do. One triple three five three. When were you dropped? What happened? What was the circumstance? The Derek Kickett one was yes. an incredible one. And yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think Kickett and uh, Sheedy spoke for a few years there, Fee. No, it took a while. And Sheed's actually spoke about it over the last few years. You know, that was, that was a brutal one. He played every game, including the prelim, leading into that grand final. Wow. And then got dropped. Yep. Uh, it's quite incredible... Um, turn of events and there's plenty of other uh, rock you you mentioned leon davis yeah second air. grand final i think played he got the first one yeah played in the first one he didn't do much and there was always question marks over him in big games but you think you, you'd get the opportunity but unfortunately they made the tough call right on, let's do this one triple three five three when were you drop what was the story was it someone that you know we've got oh this is incredible double Whoa. passes to give away the Not red kidding. hot summer tour with paul kelly bernard oh, fanning yes. missy higgins and much more this is down at victor harbour it's already been up the barossa which well, was supreme you pay your hard earned yep. to just go go see one of those acts let Correct. alone a whole lot of them in one go get down there get amongst it one triple three a five three when were you drop we'll take your calls next 
Quarter to 10 is the time, 104.7 Triple M, the dead set legends, Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom Murphews joins us at 10.30 this morning, looking forward to that conversation and uh, well, we're going to get a picture about what's going on with Travis Head because he's been dropped for the first test in Nagpur and uh, obviously Merv being an ex-selector, mm. see if he can make some sort of sense of it, but we're asking the question on one triple three five three. When were you dropped uh, there, Fergus? Oh, yeah. When when were you just given the axe mm. unceremoniously like Rocky was at the Grange Dolphins? <laughs> we want to hear more. So we've got Sam from Seaford Meadows. <laughs> Morning, Sam. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. What happened to you? Uh, it wasn't me. It was my husband. He we played, a, played all year round, played the prelim, and then they dropped him for grand final. You're joking. Won. Oh. No. He put his put put, a, put all his gear in the bin, and I went to go get it out, but I fell asleep, and then that that was it. The garbos come the next day, and it was You're gone. You're kidding! Oh, wow! And they were mates. Him and the him and the guy were mates, and they didn't talk for years after. Oh, and they're back. Yeah. They're back on talking terms now, Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. They're both retired, but they're still talking. How long ago <laughs> was this, Sam? Uh, 2001 or 2002. Wow. So how long do you reckon it was before <laughs> the first conversation started back? I don't know. I reckon it would have been five years later or something. Wow. Yeah. And the grand yeah. final, what was the score in the grand final? Was it close? I can't. I can't remember. Mm. No, nah, I, I don't think it was that close, but yeah, so- I can't remember. Your husband could have sat in the forward pocket or something like that. And... Oh, he was pretty dirty. He didn't even want to go. I don't think he even got out the car. Oh, right. yeah. down Thanks there. so much for your call there, Sam. No worries. Beautiful. See ya. No worries. Yeah, and that makes it tough. You're right, though, Rock. If it's a... If it's a tight one, it's uh, it's a bit different, isn't it? But if it's a bit of a blowout, you can justify the call. But if you win by a hundred points, yeah. it's hard yeah. to justify. <laughs> Where right. was Sam from? Well, I think well, Bluey said it best, didn't he? Seafood meadows. Come on, Now, I don't. I reckon he's done it a few times. No, he hasn't. Yeah, no, I reckon he's done it more than once. Seafood meadows. That's a separate grab. Oh, my God. Now, there's some, speaking of the rush hour, boys, some mail has been pilfered. Is that right, Rock? That's right. (laughs) We'll get to that next. It's a stunning turn of events. Can you believe it? He's he's got a source. He's got a new source. He started getting a few things right. We'll talk about where that source is from next. Andrew Jarman in the garden next. Triple M. Nine minutes away from 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide 104.7 Triple M, the dead set legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. The test match, oh, it's on the way or in, on. it's up and going, I should be it saying. Is, yes. <laughs> Day two is done and dusted, Fergus. We're going to get a bit of a, a review out of you. And how good's the time zone as well? You get home, you knock off from work, couple of hours on the couch. Couldn't be better. And just at the right time to send yourself to bed at a responsible hour. <laughs> That's a boy. It ends and yep. we're off to bed. So gonna... it is magnificent at the moment. We'll do that after 10 o'clock. But uh, Rocky, you've demanded a couple of minutes here. Well, yeah, it's fantastic you blokes knock off that early. I'm still working at that time. But um, <laughs> what, the nine to ca- five grind. <laughs> we've, we've come accustomed to a few things with Andrew Jarman. What, what do we know about Andrew Jarman? We know that he can't coach. Oh, he's just oh. horrible at coaching. Cannot win a flag. He's about to ruin Jeez. another another football club in South Australia. Oh, no. So we know that. I'm distancing myself. The cockle divers. And then, and then we go, Andrew Jarman, has he ever got any mail right? You think of the Alistair Clarkson. He drops the mail. And 
This week, something that was cons- he was going to coach the Crows, wasn't it? Yeah. Like that was a lay down mazette. Coach the Crows after the grand final. I think he re-signed the next day or that <laughs> night One on the point footy four show. A year. <laughs> so we know that Jars just cannot get near any mail. We know that uh, when it's footy training night, he's not even in the studio. Well, his head's not, his mouth's not. It's not all. It just doesn't work for oh, no. Andrew Jarman. So he's done some work in the summer, which is fantastic to actually get some mail that may be correct. So on the fourth of February, the dead. Set Legends, last Saturday, this was dropped. The Spencer Johnson one is a perfect example yep. because um, the noise up in Queensland is that um, now that he's played the BBL here, they're making a strong, strong push to try and sign him at the Queensland Bulls. So we dropped that uh, Saturday. Yes, and then I, I, I still listen to um, the rush hour on the way home. If I've got uh, a spare five minutes, I'll, I'll throw it on if I'm doing some computer work or whatnot at the new job. So... I had a listen Monday. This was the first thing at 4 p.m. before he even announced Bernie, <laughs> said day to Bernie or Bluey or Emma G in there. He went with this. This, re- this is regarding Spencer Johnson. He has a three-year deal on the table from the um, Queensland Cricket Association, whatever they're called up there, to play up there in shield cricket and in the big, big bash competition next year. Just the Bulls would do, I reckon, as well. <laughs> yeah, Queensland Bulls. So that's simple. on the sixth of Feb. So he finally, yep. he's finally starting to get some mail right. And yep. you know where his source comes from, boys. That's where? right. It's from us. <laughs> Nine to twelve on a Saturday morning, dead set legends. <laughs> it's only taken him fifteen years to figure it out. <laughs> Up you get Adelaide. Great to have your company once again. The Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo here for the next couple of hours. And Fergus, our man Tommy Rockliffe up on the Gold Coast, is uh, where he's already lined a couple of the Triple M members right up. He has dropped bombs for fun in that first hour. He lined up Rue on the breakfast show. Mark Rusciuto had nowhere to hide. He came off the top turnbuckle and then Andrew Newton-Jarman. Our man Juice from the Rush Hour copped it in the neck too. Don't worry about that. It has been a shooting gallery. You're right, Rock. Yeah, no, all good up here. It's uh, it's great. It's great actually. They can't reach me and uh, Mark Rusciuto. Well, yeah, just uh, take the feedback on, son. Oh wow, <laughs> just some. Honest feed. Yeah, yeah, brutal. Sunny boy. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we are actually going to open up the phones after 10.30 this morning. Yes. Can, can the Crows play finals this year on one triple three five three? There's been a couple of murmurs in the media throughout um, throughout the uh, throughout the year, which is yes. throughout the week as well, which is fantastic. And mm. just some breaking news that has just come across my desk. And Pat Hughes as well on the text line just yes. said, there is a big announcement at 10 a.m. And I tell you what, he is... Bang on the money because Jordan Dawson is the new captain of the Adelaide Football Club. Wow, we what so about this for some him. news? Well done, Jordan Dawson. He has been a star since yep. he came across to the Crows. He's yep. led from the front with his disposal, with the way he's carried himself on and off the park, Rock. Yeah, fantastic appointment. I think he's been Mr. Fix It. Maybe you, you wait another 12 months, but if he's ready to go, he's only been in the system at the Crows for 12 months. But I think the timing's right. I think it gives um, Sloney a chance just to focus on his footy and, and get back out there. So a, a young up-and-comer uh, that, that should drive this club forward for, for many years to come. Now, Rock, for, for mine, having listened to what's been said coming out of the club, the players in front of the media over the last month or so, that would lead me to to believe that Rory has actually stepped away, Rory Sloan. He's been a fearless leader for a long time, but all the word was that it was going to be up to, to Sloaney. Yeah, I, I think it would be, but 
again, he's coming back from a long-term injury. He's 33 years of age now. He's not going to play every game. We've seen um, Geelong manage Joel Selwood really well last year. Will they do the same with Rory Sloan? And and, and it's a, it begs a question a little bit as well. Does Sloaney end up being in the best 22 week in, week out for the, for the whole season? And, and if he's not in that best 22, I think he is. Some people may, may think he's not, but you can't have a captain that's not in the best 22, in my opinion. Where's he best suited, Rock? Because it would have to be that defensive half forward, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's gonna, it'll be interesting to see whether he comes back. Does he play outside as a wing or, or does he try and fight for an inside mid position or does he go forward? So... That they're going to have to shuffle um, around a little bit. Does he fit into that forward line? Because they've got a fair few small forwards in that mix now. So um, he may have to play that defensive role on a, an attacking halfback. It's just come out online that Rory Sloan has opted to pass on the the captaincy right. and give it to, to Jordan Dawson, which I think, you know, uh, wouldn't have been an easy decision, no way. And the and I know we're banging on about this, but it's just uh, been sprung across our desk here. The, the quick one for me here, Rock, and I'd love your opinion on this. Is it a bit late? Because we are... We're a month out from round one. Oh, I don't think so. It doesn't change too much. It's not, in my opinion, a captain doesn't have the same responsibility as what they did in the 90s okay. because you've got that leadership group. Back in the day, it used to be you have one senior coach, one captain, and they sort of drove it forward and they had a couple of support staff around them. Now, they've, they've got the leadership group in place anyway, so it's just the pretty much the one that goes out there and tosses the coin, and then speaks to the group before. Of course, your responsibilities go up, but in my opinion, the captain doesn't have the same responsibilities as what they did 25 years ago. Regardless of whether it's the right thing for the club or not, I, I certainly think, having been through knee recos myself, uh, it is the right thing for him yeah. as, a, as a footballer, and, and I think, in turn, that'll be the best thing for the club because they'll get the best out of Rory Sloan, I think. It, it allows him to come back and tick all of the boxes that mm-hmm. you need to or that you want to. You know, he might be able to come back through the the SANFL side if um, if needed and, and to get that match fitness up, whereas there would have been a hell of a lot of pressure for him to walk out there for round one once um, once he's actually declared fit. So I, I like it. I think it's going to be the best thing for everyone involved. Fantastic news. I think it's a brilliant decision, and it is. So breaking news, if you've just missed it, Jordan Dawson is the new captain just announced of the Adelaide Crows. And if we had a decent producer, he'd be on the show next. <laughs> 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 Dead Set Legends 104.7 Triple M. 104.7 Triple M. Bit of David Bowie for your Saturday morning and breaking news. Jordan Dawson is the new captain of the Adelaide Football Club. Rory Sloan has handed over the the captaincy, so he's going to lead the mighty Adelaide Crows forward in 2023 and beyond. And we're taking your calls right now. One triple three five three Triple M family. What are your thoughts on this? Are you happy? Are you fired up? It sh- should Sloaney have gone on for another year? One triple three five three. What's your initial thoughts there, Fergus? Oh, look, I think it's a, a fantastic result, and I'll tell you who it's a big tick to. It's the recruitment team. Yep. The fact that they've brought a player in of that ilk and then he's still settled in, sorry, he's settled in so magnificently from ball one to be within 12 months the new captain of the club. You've got to say the recruiting team got it spot on, Rocky. Yeah, they certainly did. I think they went all chips in for, to get him and it was the right call and we we seen what he could do at Sydney. We knew that he would have had a good apprenticeship there. Their, their football club is run so, so well, the Sydney footy club. So he experienced some great leaders there and then... He's brought that across down to the Adelaide Adelaide Crows, and, and the timing feels right. Um, as I said before, Sloaney's now 33, coming back from a knee reconstruction, which isn't easy when you're 23, let alone 33. He's got 
a lot of commitments outside of playing, and, and there is a lot of commitments that go with being captain away from the field. I reckon there's more commitments there, um, uh, media events and uh, sponsor events and, and, and other days like that. So he'll f- free up his time and his space away from the game and give him a fresh fresh lease on, on his footy life, I think, for Sloaney. So I think the timing's great, and, and I think it's, it's the right call to make Jordan Dawson the captain of the Adelaide. Adelaide Crows. Nah, it just oozes leadership for me. I think it's mm. absolutely brilliant. We've seen what he what he done. Like off field last year was was great as yep. well. Just you know, and his on field stuff speaks wonders. And the Sydney Swans were dead set filthy when they oh, lost yeah. him as well. So to lose someone of that, like you said, Fergus, it's fantastic. One triple three five three is the number. Make sure you hit us up all right now as we go out to Aaron from Parallel. What are your thoughts on the new skipper, mate? Yeah, morning, boys. Um, fantastic appointment. Um, like you've all been saying, it releases Sloaney to just uh, concentrate on football and get back to what we know he can get back to and let Dawson take this club into the future. And great appointment. And, you know, Sydney, like you said, we're filthy that they lost him because he is probably going to be their future captain. So great appointment. Well done, AFC. Well done. And on the back of that, I know Port Adelaide were disappointed that they missed out on him as well. So... It was a two-horse race, obviously, mm. with Dawson coming back to South Australia. They both wanted him. So it, it's fantastic and, and a really good news story for the Adelaide Crows and hopefully they can build some momentum from there. Well, I think the other thing is as well, there'd been a lot of chat for a number of years around, you know, Port being the, the destination club in, in South Australian football. The Crows had lost a bit of True. talent over over time. 100%. This, this is an, an example of the Crows heading in the right direction, I think. And, and they are now a club that... Uh, players around the comp are taking notice of and they think it, they're looking at it as a club on the rise. If you're able to pull a guy in like Jordan Dawson and then he becomes captain within 12 months, you might, you're doing a lot right and you're recruiting right. And I think there's there's a lot of positives to come out of this for the a- a- AFC. Is it is it a bit of a changing of the guard, do you feel, Rocky? I don't know, just the noise coming out. I know it's pre-season, you get hyped up and whatever, but I, I just feel like it could be... Changing a little bit and going in the right direction, or am I bloody, you know, nowhere near it? No, I think so. I think they're on track. You, you speak to Rue, and he's pretty passionate that this has always been the plan. To this year is the year that they should should start to to go up the ladder. And I, I think internally they expect to play finals, and they've started to murmur that out a little bit. We heard Mitch Hinge speak about that. Rue it's even a bit more a than bit. a murmur now, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, well, well <laughs> the, the, the facts of the matter are they almost have to play finals this year if they're serious about their progression. If they don't play finals, then there's, it begs the question, are they on the right path? Because they've been out out for five years. We've seen a little bit of improvement. Um, so it, it's a bold call, a good call in my opinion, to, to make Dawson the captain. It feels like it might be a bit of a new era. You've got the good young kids coming through. They've put a lot of time into it. Let's see how it goes. We don't know. As you said, it's preseason. Everyone speaks about how, how well they're going. Yeah. Until they play. Now, Rocky, the thing is, uh, working here at Triple M, is you got the whole family out there, the audience, and they do not miss a thing. No. We were just talking about it before. We got a text at 9.51 from Pat Hughes. Hughes has sent this through on 04885-1047. There's a big announcement at 10am, mm. and he was smack bang on the money. Didn't miss, and I'll tell you <laughs> what, maybe he should be... Doing Andrew Jarman's job with regards to breaking news or the rumour mill. Because what you threw at us before, Rock, what was damning on him? 104.7. It's the Adelaide's triple M whack. 17 minutes past 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide 104.7. Triple M, Adelaide's dead set legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom O. Breaking news at 10 o'clock this morning, Jordan Dawson 
is the new captain of the Adelaide Football Club and the text line's blown up here, I'll tell you what. On 1047 Sad day for the Adelaide Crows. My parents named me after Rory Sloan, but Jordan Dawson is a great choice. That's uh, from young Rory. He's 10 years old oh, from Craigmore. Beautiful. We're loving that. And yep. uh, another one's come through in 1047 Dawson, he's pretty green as long as he's mentored. Don't want another Jack Trangrove situation. But I think this is the perfect timing with Rory still being able to play yes. Rocky. Yeah, it certainly is. And you've still got Tex there as well, who was a great captain at the Adelaide Crows. So there's yep. a, a strong leaders there and a leadership group. So... I think that the timing's perfect for him. He's in that window now. I'm just uh, trying to remember how old he is. I think he's 24 or 5, isn't he? So the, yeah. the timing's right. Mm. He's not. It's not as if he's 21. I think um, 21's a bit young, yes. unless you're a Michael Voss, who's yep. <laughs> another level. But um, I think he's in the window to, to um, lead this footy club perfectly for the next potential decade. 26 in April he is, Jordan Dawson. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great appointment. And keep those texts coming through on 1047 Time to uh, shift ourselves over to Nagpur, Fergie, yes. because the, the first test uh, against India is well underway. Yeah, we know the, the huge story around it was, was Travis Head, but getting down to the nitty-gritty of it in the test match, Australia obviously a really disappointing first innings. And, and as we've talked about it, uh, Rocky made a really good point, I thought, around the guys that took the game on mm. were able to knock the opposition bowlers off their line and length and start scoring and have an impact. Well, unfortunately for Australia, Rohit Sharma's done it again. Now, this guy is an absolute beast when it comes to playing over in India on home soil. His record now has him sitting only behind Don Bradman as the second most successful batsman wow. in test cricket on home soil. Now, he's gone out there and made 120, and, geez, he made it look easy out yep. there. He made our attack look pedestrian, when in actual fact, I thought we were, we were pretty strong, I thought, throughout the day. You know, we, we competed really hard. Um, you look at some of the numbers. Scott Boland, he, he bowled 17 overs, none for 34, going at two and over. Now, that was seriously impressive. His partner in crime with the new ball, Pat Cummins, had some struggles. He, he had a tough time of it. Um, he was going at four and over. Now, that's that does hurt a bit over in India where you're trying to build pressure up and, and trying to make breakthroughs. He had a tough time but was able to get Rohit Sharma late in the day with the, the second new ball, yep. which was a huge breakthrough. But Todd Murphy's the story for Australia. Yeah, this kid this is a kid. star, guys. Have you watched any of it? Yeah, I have. He's a, a Chuka boy, so Ollie Wines might have to hand over the keys to of a Chuka to, to Todd Murphy. Uh, he, he, outstanding. Just he's on. He asks question questions of the batsman the whole whole time he bowls. Yeah, he did. He's got five for eighty two off thirty six on debut. Yeah. It's quite incredible going at two point two and over. Absolutely outstanding. Nathan Lyon was strong as well. He he's just got the one wicket for ninety eight off thirty seven. He's going at two and a half. So I, I just want to stop we're you. We're fighting there. hard. So what's the difference? What what's the big difference between it? So one for ninety eight versus five for whatever. Like mm. they they're different bowlers, but they're similar in a way. I can't figure it out. Yes, yeah, so they obviously both spin it the same way. Um, you know, some of the chat around was that Todd Murphy's uh, developed a few variations that maybe Nathan doesn't have up his sleeve. Oh, I'm I'm not sold on that. I think Nathan's very clever with his subtleties, but they are both very different off spinners. And and Nathan operates at a slightly quicker pace um, than Todd Murphy naturally. And that's probably just a bit older, a bit bigger and stronger. Um, so he's able to do that. But what I've been really impressed with is Todd Murphy's ability to start mixing the pace up and read the batsman, mm -hmm. which is really important over in India, that you're not bowling the same to each batter that walks to the crease and you can't expect the pitch to do all of the work for you.
Yeah, I think Lyons always relied on that extra bounce, which he gets in Australia really well. So mm. Murphy's a, a different option over there. Oh, I want to ask about Steve Smith, um, Fergus. We've seen him drop a couple of catches yesterday, which mm. is just not Steve Smith. Yes. Uh, the conditions over there, it's hot. It, but the second last ball, it just proves that you've got to concentrate, doesn't it? And, and he'd, he'd be dirty on himself dropping those catches. Yeah, absolutely. It is a tough spot to field at first slip, and they are long days, particularly when you when you're out there and you're not getting any opportunities coming your way. And and you, that opportunity, like we saw yesterday, can come second last ball of a of a ninety over day. And you know it, it is a tough gig over there. We know that Steve Smith doesn't drop many. Um, we'll see him bounce back, no doubt, as the test wears on. They've got their best catcher in that position. Like you have to. The other, the other point I just quickly wanted to make about the difference between Nathan Lyon and Todd yeah, Murphy please. was, was the fact that they haven't seen Todd Murphy. Mm, so they okay. haven't been now, and, and they would have had some footage to look at. But he's only played seven first class games, so mm. he's still developing his game. We saw Jason Crazier walk over there oh, yes. and, and absolutely blow it apart with eight for my man. Yeah, your man, your favourite, <laughs> him and Bo Casson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, that's an interesting one. Two favourites, but look, that they are they are different, but they haven't seen Todd Murphy. So we'll look at those numbers and go, oh, Nathan, he's not getting the job done. Well, they've seen Nathan before. They've got game plans. Yep. And it's going to be interesting watch going into day three. Yes, Rob? And Ferg, we've spoken about in the past that, well, this today, the selectors making bold and brave calls. Mm. Do they drop Pat Cummings next start? Hmm. Oh, because no, yeah, well, I'm just saying okay. because he's gone no. at four. He's gone at four and over, and he yep. he's not batting as well as he used to in the past. <laughs> Come on, Rob. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying no, he's like, right about the batting though. He, he, Pat Cummins' he, batting is really struggling. The concern is, like Rock saying is though, he's going at four and over, which does hurt the side somewhat. If, the and, only thing I'd say, Rock, to, into your eye, and, and you're a cricket lover and an avid watcher, do you think Pat's bowling in a more aggressive manner to try and? blow wickets apart just to try and open the game for Australia? I, th- I think so. I, I'm, it's a tongue-in-cheek comment, of course. They're mm. not going to drop Pat Cummings. But if if Hazelwood's ready to go next start or Mitchell Stark, Boland has to play. They're still going to play the two spinners. Cameron Green's available. Who's the quick that goes out? Like, yeah, it's a good. It's a good question. You know, like it is a long series in India when it is hot and oppressive, and um, you're playing four Test matches, which is great. We're playing four. I'd love to see five, but mm. it. it it is a long series for the fast bowlers, and we have a battery of quicks, mm. which is outstanding, and it gives us an advantage over some of the other teams. And when we've seen in recent history, um, we've seen England go, and they've been on a roll recently. They've been able to go to Asian conditions and rotate their quicks through the test matches, regardless of performance. And I think Pat's captain, that's the only thing that's going to stop them from rotating him, which is a concern from his physical health point yeah. of view going through the years as captain. He's got to keep backing up. Murph Hughes, ex-selector, joins us in 10. Yes. Triple M. Triple M. Little bit of in excess right there with devil inside, or as Greg Bullock calls it. Led Zeppelin, Friday, Feb 3, Inks, Friday, Feb 10. It's in excess, you twig. Uh, <laughs> this is the Dead Set Legends. Inks. Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom. Inks, can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. Who's he working for here? I'll tell you what, he's not on fresh. He's not on. Uh, <laughs> he is on Triple M. Unbelievable. Time to straighten up. Now, Travis Head, obviously no good, had been uh, dropped for the first test over in Nagpur. We couldn't believe it. So we go straight to the top. And this man took over 200 test wickets himself, who was a selector for the Australian cricket side, Merv Hughes. Hello, mate. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Mate, we're, we're great. Thanks, mate. We're, we're going Absolutely. okay. 
Don't, don't lie. You absolutely gutted. Mm. Well, <laughs> we've had a day or so to get over it, Murph. Cal, can you explain it? You <laughs> no, we're there? not over it. No, no. Yeah, well, you can, don't worry about getting over it. You'll never get over it. Can you explain it? Now, explain to me why Travis Head was left out of this side. Like his performance against England was just average. West Indies, no, below uh, South <laughs> Africa. Like in, in conditions that didn't suit him at Brisbane, that didn't suit anyone. He was a man that made the difference. Yep. Oh, spot on, Merv. Uh, oh, that, that's that's my belief. He, he finds a way to score runs in tough conditions and, and when no one else is. And if that's not one of the, the things that you're looking for in a player, I don't know what you're looking for, Merv. Yeah, well, exactly, and it's a big one because I, I just I had a talk to Channel Ten last week, and I had had my top five locked in. So your top five is just a lock. Uh, Cameron Green, whether you go with him, whether you go with Renshaw, or you go with Hanscom, and you just sit there, and, and with all the talk about it before the Test match, if you're going to replace Travis Head, do you replace him with a left-hander? Um, if you had been replaced by so if Green and Hans can play, mm. you sit there and say, okay, they're worried about the left-hander. We've got a few left-handers in that top order. Um, happy days. And, and uh, to be honest, even that can't explain it. So I, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> no, well, I think you're right on the money, Merv. I, I want to ask you a question, Merv, because I, I just put it to Ferg as well. If, if they want to go down this path of horses for courses, et cetera, you can't, you're not picking the number four best batsman in the world currently ranked for a test match because he's not good in the conditions – does that put Pat Cummings' position in the second test up for grabs? <laughs> um, probably not, because he's one of the selectors. <laughs> but, but, but this is what they... If you're looking for a fair dinkum answer, he's one of the selectors. But no, the, the big thing about it, that probably, um, obviously, for, for all South Australians, um, and Australia-wide, you're scratching your head. Why didn't Travis Head play? And um, people will say... Maybe a bit of hindsight involved in that. No, people were asking that question before there's a Correct. ball bowl. But yep. the positive thing that came out of this test match was Todd Murphy. Yes. Um, Five on debut and, and looked every bit as comfortable in that side as, as he should. And um, he, he's been outstanding. And for a young man that hasn't played too many first-class games. But, yeah, I mean, uh, like, we could talk about Travis Head. You can look for an explanation about why he's in an aside and you're not going to get an answer. And probably Tommy Rockcliffe, to you, you in, in the journal, have you heard anything? Is there? Is the only thing that we could um, oh. imagine is that the five days over there in in Bangalore, Bangalore, where they trained, that he might have just looked out of sorts. Is he injured? I, you don't know. You're just looking for a reason, but there's none there. Well, I spoke to him directly, Merv, during the week after it happened, before it happened, and, and he said he was hitting him as well as he ever has um, in the yeah. nets. So there's there heaps of noise that saying he, he was no good in the nets. So I think that's just an excuse because. Yep. You're not under game circumstances as well, and and five days in a net, really, you're going to drop someone for that, Merv. I, I know you. You're a, a good Victorian that uh, you wouldn't have shown up to every net session and, and performed a hundred percent every time. Oh no, I was really good in the nets. I just used to follow my game, so you can get away with shit in the nets. You can't get away with it anywhere else. If you're not killing in the nets, you know, you're not killing them at all. So I understand what you're saying. If you're if you're spoken to him personally and he's happy with the way he's hitting it. Did he say, did he get any explanation or? I don't want to yeah. explain too much. But conditions Mer- conditions Mer- don't uh, But he, uh, um, on his front, I think he's as confused as everyone else. Yeah. Let's yeah. put it that way. Hey, Merv, I'm interested to know, as a former selector, and, and no doubt you would have been under scrutiny at, at different stages in that role, were there any decisions 
that you came to that you thought, oh, geez, we've overthought that? And, and do you think that maybe overanalysis has taken place in, in this situation with Travis? Well, the, the big thing that I learned as a selector is that um, you, stay, you steer clear of three things. One is speculation about what's going to happen in the future. Uh, two <laughs> is sympathy. So, um, you know, if, you're, if someone's getting towards the end of their career and, and they're, they're not playing well, you think they deserve another chance and, you, and you're picking through that. And, and the other one is hindsight. Um, so, mate, what the selectors do is they pick this side and they've got to move on pretty quickly because what happens if, if it goes wrong, um, you know, they're going to get – they'll be getting bagged from every direction at the moment. And the only thing they can do is explain why they left him out. And I haven't heard any murmurs as, as to why he's been left out yet. So that's going to be an interesting one in itself. And as the game pans out, well, we're about 200 behind. Mate, we're going to have to bat our rings off, basically, just for India to bat again. So um, it's test cricket for a reason, Kelly, you know that. Mm. It's a test of character. That's and it. this certainly is going to test the, the Australian team's character. It's a great point you make, Murph. Why hasn't McDonald came out and said, this is why Travis hasn't played? Well, mate, that's what you've got to do. A bloke that's been in such fantastic form, um, you, you sort of sit there and <laughs> just scratch your head. You just be real, don't you? You want some sort of explanation. And nowhere on social media, um, through the, no. the uh, press outlets, no, nowhere in, in papers, nowhere on the news have I heard um, a reason why he's been left out. And you just sort of sit there and think, mate, something's got to be said. But um, like I said, the, everyone moves on pretty quickly. Um, and as disappointed as, as we are, um, I have no doubt that Trav would be absolutely, mate, he, uh, he, he would be disillusioned. <laughs> yeah. Disappointed would be an understatement. But Obviously, they would have spoken to him and given him a reason. Now, and... Ma- now, Murph, can we just move on to the the second test? Like, and I know we're we're probably yep. jumping forward a little bit, but does he does he play there? And it's also great to get someone outside the South Australian bubble because I think yeah. that's one thing that we're <laughs> we're trying to do is look at it from so many different angles, and we just can't figure it out. No, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, well, to be honest, I just spoke to Triple M from Queensland. And I've just endorsed Renshaw. I said, mate, what a fantastic selection. He should have played. <laughs> no, mate, I, just, I just go with the wind. Yep. I'm on the that's no, my no, views, no. everybody. <laughs> that's a, There's honesty. No, no, that's that's a big thing, of course, boys, is that um, if the test is going the way we think it's going to go, and, and like I said, um, it is going to be a test of character for the Australian team, but uh, if they falter again in the second innings, obviously um, selections... Uh, well, you're going to have to make different selections, aren't you? Because what, what they did in this test didn't work. Mm-hmm. So you, you sit there and if Travis Head comes back in for the second test and performs well, everyone's going to be even more bewildered than what they are now. So you, you certainly hope um, that, that the Australians put up a good fight and mate, you hope that Peter Hanser and Renshaw do well. But gee, if that's the case, then Trav misses out on the next test match. And then, and then if... If he's two test matches in mm. and Australia happened to win the next test match, he, he probably misses a series. And for a bloke that's done what he's done in the last 18 to 24 months for the Australian um, test team, yep. you, you, yeah, mate, you're just yeah, stuck. Lost for words. Incredible. Stuck, lost for words. Yep. Lost. What's, uh, <laughs> what's on for the rest of the day, please, Mervyn? Oh, mate, I, I've got it tough today. I'm, I'm sitting on Lake Mowala having a fish. Oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a boy. Just, just, uh, <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, drafts in 
Fishing comp at the moment. Yeah, yeah. a couple of cold bevies will come into us. A little bit early yet, though. Like, <laughs> Cooper's uh, mild hour, no doubt. <laughs> Responsibly, yeah, mate, of course. 30, 38 degrees. It's absolutely fantastic weather. Um, the only thing that hasn't showed up is the fish. Oh, beautiful. Well, we love you. Uh, love you jumping on board the Dead Set Legends, mate. Enjoy the day. No worries, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, no, Merv. Perfect. What a star he is. Merv Hughes on Triple M. Bernie Vince is going to join us shortly oh, yeah. after the news of uh, Jordan Dawson being the new captain of the Adelaide Football Club. Triple M. 14 minutes away from 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide 104.7, Triple M, the dead set legends. Jordan Dawson, the new captain of the Adelaide Football Club, dropped about 45 minutes ago. We're going to get Bernie Vince on the line shortly just to, to run through what is going on there. But right now... We belong together. Triple M's dead set legends. Stories from home and away. Yes, uh, we spoke briefly about it last week, but I've uh, entered a, a new world, gentlemen. I've uh, I've started working full time Monday to Friday, where uh, I haven't done that in the past. I've obviously played footy since I was eighteen, straight out of school, into media last year, which was effectively ten hours a week. But uh, <laughs> 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 it is what it is. So um, I've uh, I've started commercial finance broking. So we um, we broker for for clients that. Uh, are in need of equipment, um, yep. trucks or yellow goods or anything like that, or any small business to medium business needs. So uh, it's been a, a good journey, but uh, the adjustment is certainly a fair bit different. Um, a normal day now for me looks very different to what it has in the past. I, I get up, the sun's up in north, up in Queensland about f- just after 5, 4.35. I think, Tomo, you had a night in Brisbane last year. and Yeah. No, I definitely you, saw it, mate. Don't worry. I think you were walking home at, <laughs> on sunrise. and uh, So I get up, do, do a bit of training in the morning, which is uh, a big change for me over the last 12 months. <laughs> so I get up, do some work. But uh, yesterday, I, I jumped in the office and, and started cracking at 5 a.m. and uh, pulled up stumps about 4, 5, 5 yesterday afternoon. So... A different journey for me, for sure, boys. And, and how you're pulling up at the end of a day, a day at a, you know nine to five. You know, are you feeling a bit lethargic? Are you feeling energetic and ready to spend some time with the kids? Oh, no time with the kids. Kids. No. <laughs> I, I, I've got an office at home, so, so nothing's changed home. then. Oh, nothing's well, changed. Uh, I've got an office at home, and uh, yeah, it's good. You, you, I can manipulate that a little bit. I get to take Jack to school every morning and pick him up from school, which he, his school's about 150 meters away. So that's. That's really nice, but um, you certainly get knackered, and it sounds silly because you played footy and, and exercised and ran so much, but there's a different scope to that when you're sitting in front of computer screens all day, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there listening today. It's a big adjustment and uh, mentally drained by the end of the day, for sure. Well, speaking of the computer screens, so this is where we want to go with this, Rock, because we had a conversation on the phone throughout the week, and uh, multitasking our man was. Is that right? Yep, multitasking. <laughs> right. So... I could hear him doing some work in the background, and I have not heard a slower man type in my... It was something like this. (laughs) Have a listen to him. Is that a monkey? (laughs) No no wonder he's working 13 hours. When you're you're, you're punching out uh, 50 words an hour, you're in some strife. No keyboard lessons at school when you were going through rock. What's the story? Uh, computers weren't around when I was going to school, Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a different vintage. Goodness uh, to, me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've got issues because of my fingers um, for playing footy. They don't bend. They don't. Uh, so it's very hard to, to be 
a 10 or eight finger and two thumb typer. Well, you're talking yourself up. So we just thought we'd uh, we'd actually, uh, you know, throw you down a peg or two here. We've got the lovely Shana Rockcliffe on the line. Good morning, Shana. <laughs> morning, boys. How are we? Oh, we're, on, we're on top of the world. Now, Shana, we've just heard probably three minutes of waffle from our man. Yes, so what's, <laughs> what's the actual story? How's he fitting into this commercial life? <laughs> no, pretty good. Yeah, he does. The hard slog. He's in the office, yeah, all day, like what he says. And, um, yeah, picks and chooses when he comes out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he can smell something cooking, you know, but. Move smoke She could smell the muffins in the oven. I'll, I'll, I'll admit this. So, my wife, Shana, who's on the line, is a fantastic cook. Yes. Like, beautiful cook, but loves baking treats. So, she makes she wanted to make a cake this week. So, I end up just smashing the whole cake, but smell it from the office. It just sort of whiffs in and have to have to strut, strut out and, and try a piece. Now, now, Shana, our man, Rock, oh. we, we know he's been an ambassador for Bunnings. Yes. We know it took him a couple of years to not even fill a hole in the wall and it got left to you in the end. Obviously, with this new nine-to-five work life, are yes. you concerned that the, the things on the periphery are just not going to get done and it's going to get worse on that front? Yeah, I think, oh, I don't know, actually, I have to disagree. He's actually, um, I don't know, he's come into himself a bit. He, oh, really? I know, I know, I feel feel lame saying this because I've got nothing for you, but he's been doing heaps. He fixed something the other day I didn't even ask him to do, and then, oh, he hung a basketball thing in, in brick. Oh, oh, what else did you really? do? I did something else. I was surprised yeah, so, yeah, so I, I fixed the drain. Oh, the, yeah, unclogged the drain. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I'm a new man. Clogged the drain. Well done, mate. Clogged the drain. Congratulations. I would have never done it before. I would have called someone. No, so let me explain. The drain was stuck. You've had to call people to unclog a drain in the past. Is that what you're telling us? Oh, no. So the the drain was jammed. It was one of those push ones in in your basin in your bathroom, and it was stuck, and I... uh, a bit of WD forty. Oh. I just manoeuvred it, and so you of... didn't have it within yourself to do that in the past, Rock. Is that what you said? Uh, I just didn't want to break something. Oh, okay, <laughs> this hasn't gone the way I no, thought. No, no, this I must admit, completely backfired. Actually, Shana Rockcliffe, uh, thank you so much for well jumping done, on. Shana, thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Oh, They've really uh, united up there, the Rockcliffes together. They're, yeah. they're arm in arm together, yeah. Fergus. No, no, I don't like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually just wasted six minutes. <laughs> Triple M. Super. Four minutes away from 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide 104.7. Triple M, the dead set legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and uh, Tomo. We're opening up the phones. After 11 o'clock this morning, can the Crows play finals? A few murmurs coming out about the Adelaide Footy Club and their ability to make the top eight. So we'll do that after 11, but it dropped about an hour ago. Jordan Dawson is the new skipper of the Adelaide Football Club. So we thought we'd get Bernie Vince on from the rush hour. But Bernard, hello to you. Ah, very good. Thanks, boys. Good to hear your voices. Um, Ferg on there, is he? <laughs> Ferg's here, questions. Bernard. What's happening, yeah, no young man? Questions, no questions from you, thanks, because I don't have much time. <laughs> Rockcliffe, is Rockcliffe on there? I'm here. I'm here, Jeez, Bernard. you're recycling your jokes again, Bernard. He's starting to make a habit of it. Never heard someone or seen someone drop off a cliff lot, Rockcliffe. I was, it's multiple normal interactions a day. 
uh, calls late at night to absolute crickets. Nothing. Wow. Okay, okay. Let's let's set the record straight here. I made contact with you, asked for some golf clubs, and you just gave me donuts. <laughs> you've, you've got the contact there at Taylor May. Gave me nothing. <laughs> oh, but no. Bernie, you need to take control of that rush hour because Andrew Jarman, he is well on the way out. He, he doesn't concentrate. He's horrible at what he does. He's recycling our mail. You need to start hosting that show yeah. sooner rather than later. Let's clear up. There were two sets of golf clubs and they're for a mate that you didn't really know that well. So I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to go to that effort if you don't really know him that well. And yeah, well, Jars is, he's having his problems, Jars. And you may have got out of the city just a touch too early. Uh, Rock, we might need you back at some stage. But, uh, uh, we're a tight knit bunch, uh, very close, and we're going well. Uh, well, we can't we can't bring up the rush hour without whacking blue as well. We played a bit of in excess before. Led Zeppelin oh, no. Friday, Feb three, Inks Friday, Feb <laughs> ten. It's in excess, you twig. Uh, What's going on there, Bernie? Oh, how do you get a job with Triple M and you don't know in excess? I tell you, I, oh, I, I thought he was taking the piss. He's dead serious. Jared Barnes. <laughs> Doesn't exactly smell of rock and roll, no, boy. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, Bernie, let's straighten up, mate. It dropped about an hour ago that uh, Jordan Dawson, the new skipper of the Adelaide Football Club, I know you boys have been touching on it on the rush hour throughout the week. What are your thoughts? Yeah, great appointment um, from what you hear, just a super leader. And you go back to when he left Sydney, they were filthy about that and they thought he had you know, even potential captaincy, uh, future captaincy at that footy club and uh, such a strong leadership club, um, you know, there's high raps on him and he, he's been able to stand up and do that. So, I mean, there's all sorts of different pressures that come when, you, when you're captain of a football club, especially Adelaide footy club. So I'm sure he can handle that and go with it. And just on, on Rory Sloan uh, stepping down, um, it, I think a big hurdle you got to jump or a big box you got to tick is you got to have the perfect replacement. And I reckon if Jordan Dawson didn't come to the footy club, I reckon Rory Sloan might have actually done another year because there's, yep. you know, you could probably give it to Rory Laird or, you know, Brody Smith's actually captained the footy club a few times. But I just think I would like to see Sloan go on another year if he, if he didn't have the perfect replacement. But now he does, and now Sloan can just focus on his footy. Burn, they were able to land Jordan Dawson, and, and that was a big coup for the club. They'd had a tough – they'd been under some pressure, the recruiting team, over previous years, but this is a huge tick for them. Oh, yeah, massive tick, because this is um, this is what they saw in him, not just the – you know, if you can tick both boxes, footy ability and off-field leadership, it's it's a two big boxes to tick. So, And he's been able to stand up to that pressure, obviously come over. When you're on a big contract, a long contract, um, big contract, and – it's highly publicised when it's an Adelaide player uh, being a, a, a two-team town. There's pressure with that too. And he was able to stand up, won a game off his own boot with the last kick. He stood up in some big games. So, I mean, those games are only get bigger now. And, you know, Adelaide, we're able to get Rankin across as well. Mm. He's on big money as well on a, on a big contract. So there's going to be pressure for him too. But, yeah, Adelaide will certainly improve this year. How far they can go, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Can, can they play finals, Burn? I don't think so. Uh, in short, uh, Rock, I don't think they will play finals this year. I reckon they'll, they'll upset a few good sides. Um, but that consistency, I reckon, will just... That'll cost them a few games that they probably should win. And they'll finish, I think, around about 11th or 12th, mate. 
Now, you said about ticking all the boxes. Your, your on-field ability was outstanding. Off-field, yeah, there was question marks. That's probably why you never captain a footy club. But, but uh, moving on from that, uh, Rue tried to play a prank on you. I thought you handled yourself outstandingly, oh, yes. professional mm. through there. It wasn't yeah. that much of a prank. What's in the works to get Rupert back? Oh, I was the players' captain. Uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> Spiritual leader, Mad Monday King. <laughs> don't worry, everyone. Don't worry. They didn't. I wasn't captain, but as soon as they wanted to go anywhere or get into any places, no, uh, my yeah. phone would not stop. That's right. So, um, now, nah, what was your question? Oh, Ruse prank. Yeah, well, Ruse, he's just lacking a bit of. He's just lacking a bit of credibility at the moment, Ruse. So he's just trying <laughs> to take the rush hour down and. Um, lacking a bit of content, so we're just making funnier. So I guess they'll just keep trying to get us on the show and and prank us. But yeah, actually listening back, didn't make too much of a dick of myself, which is rare for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Bernard, we hear you going over to Stansbury. What you're suiting up today? Yeah, heading over, Tomo. Um, just going over to Fever Heap of Runs again. I've been in great form. <laughs> I've played two games. I've made eight and six, and I've placed a lot of cods. So things aren't going that well. But um, I did ask Bluey for some tips, and well, he's just so busy, he doesn't have a spare five minutes to even tell me what to do. So uh, I'm on my own. We've got our 20 year premiership, first premiership reunion tonight. Oh, oh no. Here oh, we go. Hell. Big night at the club, mate. Oh, off. Keep your clothes on That's this it. time, please. Jock, jocks on and helmet on. Go nuts, big boy. <laughs> Can you get a padlock on a pair of jocks? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, this could be real interesting. You shouldn't drive till Tuesday, mate. <laughs> no, no, listen in Monday because, uh, yeah, Abby's not with me. Either. She didn't make oh, a trip, oh, no. <laughs> This could be the end. <laughs> she didn't, didn't want any peace of me this weekend. No. So, Wouldn't even breathe uh, in your direction. Uh, and I've got Harvey in here too. So oh, Harvey's oh, a three-year-old. Mate. He could be lost. Oh, uh, oh, Bernie dear, Vince, mate. thank you very much, mate. <laughs> Enjoy that. Oh, holy hell. See you, mate. See you, lads. Oh, God. Goodness me. That'll be real interesting. Oh, oh, what a learning be, curve be a, for the young lad. It could be a best of on Monday for the rush hour. <laughs> Won't he be smashing Kipling's Bakery on the way home? <laughs> Morning to you, 11 o'clock family. Whether you're on your way to oh, a little bit of cricket this morning or something, we uh, we love having your company as the dead set legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo and Fergie. It's sort of, uh, well, the sun's back out, which is great. Yeah, well, you said it, and I said a magnificent day coming, and the sun was just peeking through, but it has literally burnt away the clouds. It is magnificent out there. Yep, we're loving that. Dropped about an hour ago, Rocky, that Jordan Dawson, the new skipper of the Adelaide Football Club, mate, we just uh, spoke to Bernie Vince about it. And next, we're going to ask the question on 13353 now, can the Crows play finals this year? Yeah, a great appointment, I think, Um to make the decision from, from Rory Sloan to step down and move it on to Jordan Dawson. So I'm really looking forward to Adelaide Crows and what they can achieve this year. Can they play finals? There's a lot of noise saying that they will, uh, whether they do or they don't. I'm not, I'm not convinced on them yet. I'd like to see their early form. Before I make comment on that, I, I think they'll hover around that 8 to 12 mark. It's a, a tough competition. But, but where does that leave them if they don't play finals again? That might be five or six years in a row where they haven't played finals, what what other changes needs to be made down there at Westlakes if they don't play finals? Well, I'll tell you what we won't be doing is giving you the luxury of waiting a, f- a few rounds into the season to come up with your top eight. We'll be doing that before the start of the yes. season, won't we, Tomo? Yep, so no doubt. you'll need to make a call, Rock. Yep. But Bernie Vince, 
Yeah, he, he made a firm up. call just a minute ago when he was on air with us. Yeah, he did. Actually. He, he, he told said, us that he didn't think that they would make finals. He said, I think, 10th or 11th. So yeah. um, that was an interesting call. That, that's my gut feel. I reckon around 9 or 10. Um, they might just miss out. I do see them improving significantly. I don't know about you, Tomo. Yeah, we'll get stuck right into it next. We're going to open this up as well on one triple three five three. Can the Crows play finals? We'll do this very, very shortly. Yes. Text line's always open as well. 0488511047. Get in touch. It's a dead set legends. 14 minutes past 11 o'clock. Triple M. Yeah, good. Akadaka, Saturday morning, 18 minutes past 11 o'clock. It's the Dead Cert Legends on 104.7 Triple M. We're also on Listener as well. Streamers for free, L-I-S-T. And uh, let's open up the phones, boys, on 13353. Can the Adelaide Crows play finals? Mitch Hinge was doing the media rounds this week and Rupert, here they are talking about it. I think bare minimum, yeah, that's what we're saying. We, we want to we wanna aim and we want to we wanna be in every game. We want to strive to win them. So um, by no means do I think that's... You know, that's out of reach. Good young for, for, lad for, and a good young for, player. Did, for, did he see the results last year or not? They weren't far off. Only Since a few games were out. Weren't far off. Only a few games out of the finals. Mm. You can change that pretty quickly. Five games out of the uh, the eight last year, Rocky. Can you see them playing finals in 2023? Only a few games out of the eight. Five, room. <laughs> few. Yeah, well, a few to me is three. But um, <laughs> now, moving forward, I, I think they'll improve, but how much? A- and the competition always improves as well. So uh, they've brought in some high-end talent, that's for sure. Um, Isaac Rankin from the Gold Coast. So th- who, who do they get better? Their forward structure. If Tex is still their best player, which he has been for the last, I don't know how long, 10 years or however long it's been, in my opinion, if he's still their best player this season, they will not play finals. Yeah, that's fair. Well, Phil Thorpe, you'd think he'll step up again this year. Fog, I thought Fogarty really did uh, come of age last year. He looks like a, a real player for the future that we all thought he was going to be. So there, there could be some real gains there. Uh, bare minimum mm. was what I heard from Mitch Hinge there. Mm. Bare minimum finals. So that that is a big change of, of mentality from last year, no doubt. Five games out of the out of the eight last year to yep. bare minimum finals is a big step forward. That's yeah. going to take a lot of improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think the big one, Rocky, as we know, we talk about natural improvement. I think it's the blokes that have got 10, 15, 20, 25 games into them now. You know, your Rochelle's or your Saligos. These are the ones that can take the uh, the group forward in 2023. Certainly is. And you look at the premiership window that, that people often talk to, talk about. It's normally around when your team that you put out there averages about the 120-game mark. So the Crows are still a little bit off that. We know that they're still a bit younger and they're going to take a little bit of time. My concern is they've stacked their forward half of the ground. I'm not sure their midfield is set in stone. I mean, you've got a lot of the same in there. Rory Laird's a star, finds a lot of the footy. Keys is through there. We've seen his role change a little bit. So where where's their improvement going to come from in that midfield mix? That's that's the big question. Does Rankin pinch it in there? Does Rochelle go in there? I don't think so at the moment. I, I don't see them playing through the midfield. I think if they get a, a lot of attention as a forward, you might have to try and free them up through the midfield. But for me... That needs to improve. And then and then there's also question marks on their defence as well. In my opinion, I think opposition, if they're, if they're getting a lot of supply from that midfield because their midfield isn't performing the way it should be, if the opposition midfield gets on top and their defence is seeing a lot of entries, I don't think they can stop the wave coming at them. Jars has talked a lot at, 
over the last 18 months about the lack of skill and the ability to use the footy through the midfield and, and how they, like you mentioned, have very similar players through, uh, through there. Their, the work rate's through the roof, but the ability to make the most of that hard work just isn't, isn't there at the moment. Can you see any players stepping up in that area? Well, that's, that's my big thing for the Adelaide Crows and has been for 12 months. I've spoken about it at length on this show about they need a massive off-season, pre-season around their skill development. Mm. I hope that they've done that. I'm not sure. I haven't. All the murmurs are that they've improved, which every club has this time of year. I hope that their biggest improvement is in the skill development, skill phase of the game because there's no question marks on their fitness, their work ethic. All that side of it is, is really good. The biggest question is on their skills. Have they improved? One triple three five three is a number. Can the Crows play finals as we head to a oh, beautiful part of uh, South Australia? Tanunda, oh, we got yeah. Banjo. Hello, mate. Good, thanks yourself. Yeah, good, thanks. Good, Crows mate. play finals. Yeah or no? No, I don't think so. I think they need an even balance between the defenders, midfield, and forward. I don't think they have that. Okay. Is uh, do you think any room for improvement? Like, so whereabouts is it going to happen? You think? I can in the guts. They need to be more hardworking and get their skills right. Yep. No worries. Thank you so Thanks much, Andrew. Right. Yeah. I think he makes a good point. I don't think the hard work is in question at all. I think we all agree that they they work hard. That their skill level is certainly the thing that's holding them back. I think through there. Yep. <laughs> Who we got there, Fergus? We got Jeff from Huntfield Heights. Jeff, what are your thoughts, mate? Yes, um, I definitely think they can play uh, finals. And even though I'm a power supporter myself, and one of my six kids is in the next generation power team. I think if the Crows can look at their inner self, a little bit like Neil Curley, like look at look at people like Neil Curley, Russell Ebert, these men that played, you know, magnificent football, and get that um, feeling in their in their uh, heart and play good football, they can definitely play finals. Mm. It'd be good to see a power Crows grand final, Adelaide oh, Oval. Oh, jeez, now Adelaide we're talking. Oval. Now, that Hang would on. be magnificent, but I think we might be just drawing the long bow on that one, Jeffrey. <laughs> I think you might be right, Fergus. <laughs> power Crows, Adelaide Oval. How good. Grand <laughs> final. Maybe in the Sandville Rock. Oh, boy. <laughs> Maybe a showdown. <laughs> Dead Set Legends, 104.7, Triple M. 19 away from midday, 104.7, Triple M, Adelaide's Triple M. It's the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. We're taking the press alive at 12 o'clock today about Jordan Dawson being the new skipper of the Adelaide Football Club. You there, Rock? Rocky, yeah, you there? I just had to drag you away from another work call, did we? Uh, I've got I've got a tea time today, Fergus. Oh, so oh, here we go. I've got a tea time, one oh six local time, and uh, yeah, just one of my friends. <laughs> I'll, I'll share the story while I'm, I'm on the phone trying to talk to him. He's uh, <laughs> he's recently got his license back after uh, he getting caught drink driving, which I'm sure there's people out there have done it, which mm. would, is just a, a bad thing to Tough do. Times. But he's, he's got the interlock and not uh, good. He uh, he had a few beers last night and he still can't he still can't pass the test to get in the car <laughs> oh, <laughs> to drive. No. So that's not on. I he might, might be, be playing... a bit late for his. Yeah, I might be playing golf by myself. <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine he'd be hitting them too well, Fergus. <laughs> oh dearie me! Oh wow! So, um, now Rocky, we're going to move into uh, well, we're talking about captains actually because hmm. Jordan Dawson, the new skipper of the Adelaide Football Club, filtered through about ten o'clock today, and you demanded a couple of minutes. No, that's right. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> we were going to speak about captains. Anyway, we've seen Nathan Fife stand down this week, which 
looking from the outside, it seems like he was he was pushed out, and and I went through that process as well, where I was moved on as captain. I wanted to continue. Ferg, you've been captain of uh, yep. of your cricket yep. teams in the past as well. Mm-hmm. So there's all different processes that I, I assume clubs take. Yep. Um, when I first got done, it was more a secret ballot where you sit there and vote, and then all the votes get. Um, collaborated by the coaching staff and they tell you who the captain is and mm. etc. from there. So you're never really sure about it. But the year that I actually lost the captaincy at Brisbane, we uh, we went through the process and I was a bit unsure. I knew there were stories traveling around. I wasn't that well liked. Um, well, not well liked, but there were stories that just weren't factual about me out there. And yep. and that, that took place. But we went through the process and, and we were with leading teams at the time. So for for the people out there that don't understand leading teams, you sit there and you go through the process of it's pretty much all open. Every any communication from players to coaches to everyone's out in the open. So yep. it's a good thing. There's no, there's it's black and white. There's no grey mm. area. You're not hearing different stories from different people. So we went through the process of of voting for that, and uh, the the year that I lost it, I actually won the vote. Wow! All right, believe it or not. So who is? It was only by a couple of votes. It was a handful of votes, I think. And Dane Beams was second, Dane Zorko third. But then right. it was the powers to be that made the decision to uh, mm. to just shift. Oh, we then had a meeting and collaborated what we thought was the best option. Um, everyone went through the process. I seen the writing on the wall that they wanted to make a change. I, su- I suggested maybe co-captains. But unfortunately for me, uh, Chris Fager didn't come in. He-, he wanted to make change, which is which is fine at the time. Like he, they, they wanted, he wanted a fresh start. Greg Swan, who was a CEO at the time as well, who'd bought Dane Beams to the footy club, wanted him to be captain. So unfortunately for me, the writing was on the Gee, on the wall, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't get the captaincy. So Rock, did you know that you had the most votes? Is that how the the leading teams thing work? And the second part of the question: Did that make you? I know free agency come into it, but in the back of the mind, were you like right arm out of it? No, I certainly didn't make a decision to leave there and then on the basis of not being captain. I, I knew that they wanted to to change that. Yes, I did know that I'd won the vote count. So we sat in a room and they go through every player. So you start at number one, whoever wore number one, his votes go up first, five, four, three, two, one. Number two, five, four, three, two, one. Mm-hmm. And you stand up and, and call them out. So they're plugging them into the computer as we go. And, and then you see, so I was at the top, Dane Beams was second, Dane Zorko third. And... It went from there, so it, it was it was disappointing that when you win the vote count from the players' point of view, when you're told that you go into that system that the players are going to decide who's captain, mm. you win the vote, mm. and then you're not given the captaincy. That was a, a challenge for me as well, but but that that's what happens, and uh, we stand here today, and that's what happened. Yeah, we did something similar with leading teams, actually, Rock, and, and I'm I feel for you a little bit there, mate, yeah. because um, you know when you go in to vote for something like that, you, your players and your peers are, are voting for who they think should be captain, and and I quite like that. But we we did it similar with leading teams, except it was not about who was going to be captain; it was about the makeup of our our leadership group. So, um, you know, we had a similar situation. I I rated quite highly with the votes and. Um, there are a couple of others and, and we were as senior players actually sent down to work with, um, you know, we had a, a tiered structure. We had the, the leadership group yep. and we had the engine room and then we had, um, the younger group, which we called the Sparkies, mm-hmm. um, the spark of the group. So they sent us down to work with the, the younger kids and, um, the next group or the next few, um, vote getters were in the leadership group and, um, there were some discretionary uh, players added to that leadership group at the top. And I had some concerns around that because, 
um, you know, if you're making decisions around that, you, the players you think are, are most, um, you know, probably the players are drawn to the most. Uh, you want to make sure that, you know, they're setting the examples and leading from the front and, and they're exhibiting because really you're voting on the values of the group. You know, who is upholding these values um, the best out of the group? Let's give them the votes. And, um, you know, you risk potentially throwing people into the, those roles when they're not the best examples. And, and when they, they are players that um, and leaders that are drawn, uh, you know, players are drawn to, that can, that can be a dangerous game to play. Mm. It certainly can be. So it'll be interesting to see how the Adelaide Crows have decided on Jordan Dawson, whether there was a player vote or whether the coaches or the, the, the board, the board obviously have to tick it off and approve whoever is captain. But it'll be interesting to see in their press conference whether they mention how Jordan was yeah. decided to be the, cap, the new captain um, once Rory left. Speaking of the press conference, we'll take that live as well at about 12 o'clock today on 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. Nine minutes away from midday, 104.7 Triple M, Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. We're going to take the presser from the Adelaide Crows. We're going to stay on air a little bit longer this morning as well, which... Pushes back that lunch you're going to get to, but oh, we'll be right. Here we go. Jeez, <laughs> who wouldn't give their right arm to spend a little bit of extra time with the family? Oh, oh. The family I'm all right with. Hey? It's you two knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> Fair that's enough, a, that, That's a uh, double invoice oh, yes. from my end. Hey, uh, now, Rocky, uh, massive week over in American sport. Obviously, we saw LeBron James uh, go past. Well, the, the highest ever NBA scorer. It's just incredible what happens over there. $107,000. Per ticket. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Like, we've got the Super Bowl on it. It'd be a great time to be in the United States at the moment, particularly on that uh, West Coast there. You had LeBron yeah. break the record for uh, in-season points, so regular season points, which he broke. So he probably is past the 40,000 mark already. Um, I think it was 38,000 yep. plus GST type setup mm. there. And, uh, and then you've got the Waste Management Golf Tour, there, which is, from all reports, one of the one of the events that you want to go to, if you're a golf fan or just a general punter that, that loves sporting events, the party hole on the 16th. Get me to that. So talk, me to that hole. talk to me about that, boys, because I'm uh, I'm in the dark there. Yeah, well, basically, there's a par three on the course which has been set up with a grandstand around it and just bar facilities for days. And <laughs> responsibly, obviously. Yeah, I'm not sure it's too responsibly over there, guys. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you because from what I've seen, whenever anything's gone anywhere near a hole-in-one or dropped for a hole-in-one, I've seen just beer and all sorts and cups being thrown onto the course. We drink in moderation and we never, ever, ever get rolling. <laughs> <laughs> we, not so sure about that. But there's, some, <laughs> there's some footage going around online. I spoke to Tom Cleary this morning, and, and they're all standing there waiting for the gates to open and, and trying to herd themselves ready to go, <laughs> belting out Sweet Caroline, and, and then they charge for their best seat there. And if you haven't seen it, look it up. The Waste Management Phoenix Open uh, Par 3, and it's just a party hole. Fantastic mm. event to be at. And then, of course... It it just finishes on Sunday night yeah. their time Monday Monday ten a.m. our time the Super Bowl in Phoenix oh. the the Philly Eagles take on uh, the Kansas City over there so it'll be massive like it'll be a huge time to be over there Robbie Gray one of the uh, the favourites down at Port Adelaide and on Triple M he's uh, he's over there at the moment so he'll be celebrating hard if the Philly Eagles win. 
So, Rocky, what, wh- where's the venue for you Monday? We know you've got a history oh, with yeah. this event. It was the district here in Adelaide last yep. year. You got a phone call, didn't you, Tomo? 8.34 a.m. <laughs> it was just like, what time are we meeting there? Sort of style. I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> where's yeah, the was, venue? I was about the fourth beer in. Then. Was like <laughs> but responsibly all day, of course. But, um, no, I, I won't be going. I've, uh, as I said before, taken up a full-time job Monday oh, and Friday. On, so... Um, I've got to pay. Buying that. I've got to pay the bills, but there is some events down here, uh, Sporting Globes, or I think the casino down here on the Gold Coast would also be mm. be organising some event. It is big and it is growing. The, the, I think Australians' interest is starting to grow in American sports, particularly around the Super Bowl. There is uh, a few people that love it, live and breathe it, and uh, another way for venues to make money, I suppose. Well, Monday morning, 10 a.m. is just a, can be a top-up for some people. You know, right. They just sort of roll on in, well, and uh, it, it couldn't be well, a better time. Well, Rocky's golf mate today, I think he might still be topping up by then. <laughs> so we're going in moderation, and we never, ever, ever get rolling. So we've got Loz and Dits. They'll be just topping up at 10, <laughs> 10 a.m. Oh, no. <laughs> on Monday as well. Oh, but this uh, is incredible. So the truth has come to light on Dits, hasn't it? Oh, Spe- it was a, a three-day long lunch last week. <laughs> well, we spoke about this a little bit throughout the week on the Brecky Show because he claimed he had a clear weekend. That's right. But that wasn't the case when he rolled in uh, Well, to Triple M at 8.30, walked in from Lockleys from the night before. <laughs> well, I turned up here at about, oh, it might have been just before 8, maybe around 8. <laughs> And uh, there was Chris Dipmar strolling along Franklin Street. I was like, where's this bloke come from? Jumped out of a bush. I said, oh, mate, what's been happening? Oh, no, just uh, the car had a little sleep on yep. last night. <laughs> and he was, gonna he was pretty quick to tell you that he knew Spencer Johnson, didn't he? Oh, yeah, no, don't worry about that now. Now, my boy Spencer, family friends of the Dipmars. <laughs> very, oh, very I love pleased. it. Uh, we're going to take the presser very, very shortly at the Adelaide Football Club. Jordan Dawson is the new skipper of the joint. Fantastic appointment. We'll do that next here at 104.7. Adelaide's. Triple M.